Welcome to today's Wisdom Workout. I am your host, Daniel Sullivan, and today I'm going to be talking about cognitive biases. So there are quite literally a shitload of cognitive biases. Um, Real quickly, I'm going to go over sort of the most potent 25. And these come from a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac. Uh, who is written by Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's business partner. Um, Most of you probably don't know who Charlie Munger is, but hopefully you know who Warren Buffett is. And if not, are you living under a rock? Um, So I'll just like quickly kind of go through these 25 uh, and just give a quick little snippet of what they are. Um... The first one is reward and punishment, super response. So essentially when something happens that is either favorable or non-favorable to somebody, they're going to always overreact based on um, their sort of frame and perspective of where they stand and how the punishment or non-punishment happened. Kind of simple, liking, loving tendency. When you like or love somebody, you're close to someone. Um... You're going to have biases uh, where you sort of ignore things that you normally wouldn't ignore if somebody was a stranger. Disliking, hating tendency, it's the same but opposite. You'll uh, notice red flags quicker. You'll uh, be more cautious, more skeptical just because you don't like them. Um, Doubt, avoidance tendency. Um, A lot of times people sort of like believing that they know what's going on. They like to believe they know what's going on. So they'll avoid doubt by just negating any sort of opposing opinion. Uh, This one is actually pretty um, prolific and very harmful to uh, rational progress. Um, Because most people just don't like to admit when they're wrong. Uh, And nobody's really free of this. It's true for everyone. Um, Inconsistency avoidance. Uh, tendency. So essentially with this one, um, let me click on this one actually, because, you know, see what they have to say about it, because I kind of forgot. Uh, so it's kind of like um, sunken cost fallacy. So when you invest a lot into something, um, you know, inconsistency avoidance, it's like when they're, when you're on a bet and you're playing roulette or something, I think it's called roulette, where it's like black, 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 black. Well, you're, you're like, well, the next one can't be black. When in actuality, it's the same probability. Um, So it's like a gambler's fallacy sort of thing. Curiosity tendency, when you're more curious about things, you're going to, um, you know, misweigh your uh, time and investment into something. Kantian fairness, somebody somebody does something um, nice for you, you are much more likely to do something nice in return. Um, This is actually a really good one and more people should sort of use it from day to day. It's sort of like the pay it forward you know, when you just take positive actions, that those positive uh, actions will have ripple effects throughout society. So um, envy, jealousy, tendency. So uh, for envy, jealousy, when you're you, when you are envious or jealous, jealous of somebody, you tend to pay more attention. So, for example, uh, Dan Bilzerian, you know, he has a bunch of really beautiful women and cars and boats and jets and stuff all around him, lots of money. And so people are jealous and envious of him. So they pay more attention, even though they are jealous or envious. Another good example is Kim Kardashian. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of these sort of superstars or famous people, they use a lot of these uh, tendencies because they're aware of them and they're really good tools to uh, get what you want out of people who are unconscious. Um, you know, typically the more conscious awareness you have in your day-to-day -day life, the less these cognitive biases affect you because the less you're letting really your subconscious run your life and uh, the more you are using your conscious mind to go through your daily life, these um, cognitive biases will have less of an effect on you. Uh, reciprocation tendency, similar to Kantian fairness, um, except it could also be negative. So, you know, it's sort of like the revenge theories, you know, if somebody does something to you, you're going to want to enact something back, um, influence from your association. So, you know, this is the sort of, uh, law of averages tendency, cognitive bias. You know, you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. If you hang out with a bunch of fucking loser degenerates, you're most likely going to be a loser degenerate. You hang out with a whole bunch of heroin addicts, you're going to become a heroin addict. You hang out with a bunch of successful people, you're going to become successful. It's quite simple. Um, simple pain avoiding psychological denial is another cognitive bias uh, where essentially um, you are in so much pain that you're willing to deny reality at face to avoid experiencing more pain. So for example, this would be uh, a loved one dies and there's so much pain surrounding it that you just even refuse to believe that they have died. Uh, and there are cases of this. This is not, um, you know, some one in 10 million, like it happens, like that's kind of more of an extreme example, but, um, you know, sort of a really minor example would be not wanting to check your bank account because you know that, you know, you don't have that much money or that you might be negative. Um, it's the same thing. Um, excessive self-regard tendency. This is sort of uh, easily described by ego. Most people, I mean, pretty much everybody falls into any, every, any and all of these traps just at different times. Excessive self-regard is essentially having a big ego um, and everybody falls into that at varying degrees. Over-optimism tendency. Um, now, personally, I think this is a good uh, cognitive bias. The more optimistic you are, I mean, so the problem is that if you go so far, you go to like delusions of grandeur and then that's not really helpful to anybody, not even yourself. But um, just being overly optimistic is actually a good thing. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, I'd rather be an optimist and wrong than a pessimist and right. Um, just because when you have a more positive outlook on life, you tend to enjoy life more. So it's better to have a more enjoyable life and, you know, sort of like sort of like that blissful ignorance um, argument. Uh, let's see, what's the next one? Uh, deprival super reaction. So easiest way to describe this is hunger. When you, when you deprive somebody of food for a long time, they want to overeat when they have the opportunity to eat. Um, you know, same thing with money. When somebody's poor their whole life and they win the lottery, they have a extreme over response, you know, a super response to spending all the money. Uh, that's why anybody who wins the lottery never keeps it. Like literally nobody who has ever won the lottery keeps it. Uh, it's just because they're deprived and then they have so much and then they just spend it all. Um, social proof tendency. This is also known as mob mentality or herd mentality, things like that. Um, it's 
it's why pure democracy doesn't work. Um, popular vote, why it doesn't work because mob mentality takes over and then people start buying into delusions of other people. Um, and this is, you know, what's going on right now with coronavirus as my opinion, you know, other people have different opinions, but we are massively overreacting and it's because everyone is continually ramping each other up. Uh, and then the media is, uh, perpetuating it by uh, keeping it in the news 24-7, um, you know, talking about everything from what this person felt and sur when they survived coronavirus to, you know, there's this new case over here and this new case over here and then writing a news article about every single fucking, fucking person that gets the disease and, um, you know, misusing statistics and, you know, I would even go so far as saying lying about statistics because... They're not even misusing them. They're straight up fucking lying. But that's my opinion. And obviously it's a strong one. Uh, the next one is... Um, where is it? Social proof. Contrast, misreaction. So essentially it's like the black and white narrative. Um, you know, George Bush, the famous example. George Bush, go to the Iraq war. If, if you're not with us, then you're against us. You know, it's a... Uh, using uh, hyperbole and extremes to sort of prove a point and people will fall into that. It's like, you know, when George Bush is saying you're either with us or you're against us, essentially he's saying you're a proud American or you're a fucking terrorist. And it's not true at all. Um, but because he's pushing that narrative out and it is a cognitive bias, people will buy into it. Um, and as I'm going through these, like, notice, like, how celebrities, news organizations, um, you know, uh, doctors, scientists, uh, anybody with a narrative or agenda, maybe even your friends who are more manipulative. Notice how these patterns are things that they do naturally, unconsciously, or very consciously and, um, you know, really, uh, Machiavellian like, um, but if you arm yourself with the knowledge of these biases, you will be more well equipped to deal with this. Uh, and if you're still watching this video, I don't know why the fuck you're here. Uh, I'm talking in a very monotonous tone and I'm sure this is boring as fuck to listen to. Um, but I'm doing this because again, for me, consistency, making videos every day. Um, and also it's good to teach. I've known about these cognitive biases for, let's see, I was thinking since I was 19, so five years now. And it's good just to get a good refresher. And when you try to explain it to other people, you learn it better. It's, it's the reason why, you know, for Alcoholics Anonymous, the, the final stage is to help somebody else recover. And so you really ingrain all this stuff uh, into your mind. I'm a way better water polo player now than I ever was because I've coached water polo for seven years. I have an extremely in-depth understanding of the game that I never had before. Um, so really this is more for me than for you. I just also like hearing my myself talk. Anyways, next one. Um, what, were you, what were we on? Contrast, misreaction. So stress influence. So when somebody's hyper-stressed, um, stress influence is essentially when you're overly stressed, you're not going to make very rational decisions. You're gonna make the more emotional decision. 
um, and it's a cognitive bias. So essentially when something really stressful is happening, like what's happening with the coronavirus right now, be aware of the stress that it's inducing in you. And then after you are aware of the stress, act accordingly to the opposite frame of how rational you're being. So if you, if you recognize that you are being more emotional, add in more logical parameters. So that way, when you go about actually making a decision, you're not only relying on pure emotion, you're actually staying balanced because you have dosed yourself with more logic. Um, availability misweighting tendency. This is what a lot of marketers use um, when they put that fucking timer on the page and it's like, for the next 15 minutes, you know, or when Billy Mays is said, Billy Mays, here if you, you're in one of the first 200 callers, we'll throw in a third one for free, whatever, like that bullshit. So availability misweighting. So when there's less supply, the demand naturally increases. Another good example is De Beers, the diamonds company, you know, diamonds are extremely plentiful on the planet and uh, De Beers diamond company naturally suppresses the supply. So the demand is higher so they make more money. Um, use it or lose it tendency. Um, pretty self-explanatory. You lose it or you use it or you lose it. Um, although you could argue against this in some senses, like when you learn to ride a bike, you always know how to ride a bike. Um, but you know, if, if you, if you aren't practicing daily, you will lose a lot of your natural reflexes, like for technique, for strength and stuff, you know, um, even if you become a master at something, you know, you'll probably back down to intermediate over time to an intermediate over time. If you don't continue that practice, um, drug misinfluence, obviously if you're on drugs, your shit's fucked up. So, uh, if you are on drugs, uh, don't make any decisions while you're fucked up. Um, senescence misinfluence. I actually forgot what this one was. So like, let me look it up real quick. Senescence misinfluence is, um, okay. So like when you're old and senile, like old people find it harder to learn new skills. Uh, deterioration can be disguised by social conventions like clothing. So essentially, if you're fat, you can wear nicer clothes. Um, so, however, some remain good at maintaining intensely practice old skills, as can be seen in a bridge or checkers tournament. So, authority misinfluence. This one's also fucking killer. Um, you know, you... At this point, we expect CNN and ABC and NBC and Fox News and all these, since they, you know, have really high level, you know, media responsibilities, we expect them, by the way, that's a bleach stain from my work. It's not anything gross. Um, when you have these super high level media conglomerates, you expect them to do their due diligence. And so you have a misweighting bias, a misinfluence bias based on their authority. You expect them to only publish something that's true. When in reality, <clears throat> they're, they are profit-driven entities, so they will do whatever it takes to increase their profits. 
again, we're talking about coronavirus because everyone's talking about coronavirus. Um, right now, essentially, most companies are struggling a lot. The market is in a huge decline and really the most ruthless are going to survive. And these media companies, they are incentivized by profits. They're beholden to shareholders. And if they, if their companies keep going up during a bad time, it's going to keep going up, right? Again, like I said, the um, earlier, the there's a few cognitive biases there, social proof tendency. When something keeps going up, you're like, oh, let's keep it going up. Let's keep buying more because it's going to keep going up. Um, <clears throat> use it or lose it. Like it's going to keep going up because it's going up right now, all this stuff. Um, and really <clears throat> they're, uh, people are just buying in because they assume it's like, oh, they wouldn't be lying to millions of people. When, when you really dig into the research and you really understand how these statistics are being written, um, just one example, the statistics for the mortality rate are based only on the cases that are being um, essentially proven in the medical system. So um, somebody who goes in for testing or somebody who has to go in for treatment um, those are the only people that are being monitored and being recorded as valid cases. Now, the CDC expects that four-fifths of people do not get tested and do not go in for treatment because the, the, the uh, conditions and symptoms are so mild that it doesn't even matter for them. So when you have a 2% mortality rate, right, that's 2% of the people that they're monitoring, which according to the CDC, is only one-fifth of the people. So it's 2% of one-fifth, right? And if you do that math, I'll do it on a calculator right now in front of the camera so you don't think I'm, you know, fucking lying to you, right? You know, you have um, 20%, right? Because one-fifth, that's 0.2, right? So if you do t- 0.2 times 0.02 because 2%, 0.004%. That is a lower mortality rate than the common flu. Okay? Just people are being fucking lied to and it's appalling. Um, but this is what happens because everyone's fucking asleep. Nobody's paying any real attention. Uh, they're just buying into the hype and just seeing their neighbors jacking as much toilet paper as they can. And they're being like, oh, I should get as much toilet paper as I can too. And then because of all these cognitive biases, they continually buy into it more and more and more, Um, you know, and then it gets to the point where, you know, they're so certain that it's something terrible, you know, simple pain avoiding psychological denial comes in and you're just like, it's so terrible. Like they're, they're so locked in that they don't even, they're, they're not even willing to face reality anymore. So anyways, um, the next one is twaddle tendency. Essentially, if I remember correctly, this one is essentially people who sit on their ass for a long time uh, tend to keep sitting on their ass, let's say. Let's see what... Um, oh, so no, actually, so this is the like the Dunning-Kruger effect. So the people who think they're experts. So also, I am not an epidemiologist. I can't even say the word. word. Um, epidemiologist. Um, you know, I am not a scientific researcher. Um, stuff like that. So I am actually in the Dunning-Kruger curve where I'm essentially a neophyte. I am somebody who thinks they understand what's going on and then is proclaiming it to the world. And 
in reality, I am a totally uneducated uh, fucking retard on the matter. Um, but the reason I can still speak confidently to what I am saying is because I recognize this cognitive bias. Um, I just, I didn't know twaddle was the Dunning-Kruger. I thought twaddle was something else. Um, so in a lot of areas, right? In most areas, most people are twaddlers. They're, uh, entirely ignorant and they'll have an extremely strongly held belief and, uh, a lot of times they'll be wrong. Um, and so the only way to mitigate this is to be aware of the cognitive biases. So, um, a lot of my perspective, perspective and information is based on a calculation of, uh, other people's cognitive biases and where, you know, I calculate that they're lying to themselves and, uh, just totally misunderstanding what they're doing and stuff like that. So, and that's actually something I'm really good at. Like what I am world-class at is people understanding people, how they behave. Um, you know, I was thinking about this today. I was having a discussion about markets and somebody was like, yeah, but you can't predict markets and stuff, but you can predict people. Uh, people are very predictable. And so when you can predict people, especially on a broad scale, like the more broad scale, uh, the more predictable people are actually. Uh, it's usually individuals that are less hard to predict because uh, they can tend to be on more extreme sides of uh, specific different um, avenues or different uh, situations or ideas or beliefs or essentially any action. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, take what I say with huge grain of salt because you know on the dunning kruger curve i am literally at the point where i think i know something which means i probably know nothing um but for me uh how i'm analyzing all this is by going through the cognitive biases and recognizing okay where is people where where are the different groups of people falling to into these different traps so like the people who you know are hyper paranoid right they are they tend to be falling into authority, misweighting, misinfluence. Um, you know, uh, a lot of these um, reporters and journalists are falling into the Dunning-Kruger effect. And so they're misusing statistics. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, again, journalists are doubt, doubt avoidance tendency. They're thinking they know what the fuck is going on and, and they just don't want to pretend like they don't know what's going on because that's their job. Um, so there's a lot of cognitive biases that's happening right now. And just people are more interested in the hype than anything else. Cause you can hype something negative just as easily, if not more easily than something positive and people are falling in for it. So reason, respective tendency, forget this one is too. narrative fallacy. You work and learn better when given correct reasons for why to do something. So Reason respective is like, um, like the golden circle, like Simon Sinek, like when you have your reason why you're going to be more successful because when you know why the how and the what doesn't really matter. And when you know why you're going to persist regardless of the obstacles is essentially what this is reason respective. So when you are a leader, it is good to tell the people that you are leading why you want to go where you want to go and why they want to go where you want to go, because that will get everybody on the same track. It's 
Uh, this is an extreme example, but burning the boats. <clears throat> I think it was Alexander the Great who first uh, did this when he wanted to take India, I believe it was. And so they arrived in India and everyone was like, oh my God, there's no way we're going to conquer this territory. Let's just go home. And so Alex, being the fantastic leader he is, burned all of the fucking boats. Um, I don't know if it was that one first or um, uh, like Achilles' time um, with Agamemnon, Agamemnon, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, And uh, they burned the boats. And I might be mixing a couple different leaders in there, but whatever. The last one, number 25, and I actually kind of did each of these in a minute. It's kind of cool. I'm hitting 25 minutes now. Um, the last one is Lollapalooza. And essentially, Lollapalooza just means a combination of the other cognitive biases. So uh, when you stack top cognitive biases on top of each other, uh, it becomes infinitely more potent. And this is something Donald Trump did. Um, in 2016, when he was attempting to get elected, which is not even attempting when he was getting elected, uh, which is why he was so powerful and nobody understood why he was being so successful, except the people who understood these cognitive biases, he was stacking liking, loving tendencies. So a lot of people really liked him and really loved him. Uh, he was, uh, stacking the disliking and hating tendency. He was also stacking envy, jealousy, tendency. He was also stacking Conti and fairness because he was doing things for a lot of people. Um, you know, he's doing mis- uh, influence from your association where, you know, people who were associated with him, he always surrounded himself by really powerful people. So people assumed, you know, unless you were hyper anti-Trump, you always kind of assumed he was really smart because he surrounded himself with smart people. Um, excessive self-regard tendency. Um, you know, people buy into that over-optimism tendency. We're going to make America great again. You know, that sort of thing. Um, social proof. He had a lot of social proof. He always had rallies with huge numbers of people. Uh, nobody else had rallies even come close to how many people he had there. Um, uh, stress influences like America is in huge trouble. America is going to fail and I'm the only person who can save it. Um, uh, availability misweighting. I'm the only person who can save it. Um, authority misinfluence. He had a lot of authority. He was a billionaire, very successful businessman. I know how to save the American economy. Um, uh, reason respective. Like I'm the person who knows how to do this and I'm going to tell you why. It's because I have a lot of experience in business. So like I just listed off 10 different cognitive biases. Like Trump is fucking brilliant. Um, and maybe I'm falling into the authority misweighting tendency, but Um, I don't think so. Just the fact that he could stack all of these cognitive biases and essentially anytime he opened his mouth, like in one tweet, he could hit five cognitive biases and people are like, he's so stupid. What he's tweeting is fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's because people are emotional animals. As much as we like to think we're analytical and logical, like that's also you're being emotional by being attached to your rationality. And most people don't even see that. It's like you you think you're logical, analytical, rational, right? But believing that you're logical, analytical, rational is an emotional attachment to a state of being. 
like humans are entirely emotional just because we have electrical circuits in our brain that can fire back and forth and then, you know, hit a line of pleasure and like, oh, that made a lot of sense. Ooh, that made a lot of sense too. A to, a to B equals to C, right? Like, but the, it's an emotional response because you are having a emotional response based on the logic, rationality, and um, analytical behavior of your mind. So anyways, a lot of cognitive biases. And this isn't even all of them. This is like, I mean, I think last time I checked, it's been a while, but like, I think I looked up at some point, some point they had studied and proven something like almost 80 cognitive biases, but these are the main ones. And, um, and Charlie Munger's book, poor Charlie's almanac, essentially he's writing about their investing strategy and how to invest and, uh, sort of the things that they analyze when they're looking to invest in something or not. And the first thing they always do, where are the cognitive biases? Where are we buying into something that we shouldn't be buying into because we are being influenced by a bias that we just aren't acknowledging? So learn from this shit. It's extremely important. And I know probably nobody's going to watch this for a long time, but humans stay relatively the same for fucking ever. You know, uh, it's going to take a spiritual embodiment of a higher dimension and an evolution into a new species before we escape these cognitive biases. So learn them so that way you are not influenced by them and teach others. And even when you do, it's still going to affect your life, uh, it's just hopefully to a lesser degree. And the more you review them, like when I first learned about this, no joke, I wrote them on fucking flashcards. First time I ever wrote flashcards in my entire life was with these fucking cognitive biases. That is not an exaggeration. I never did flash. I never did flashcards for Spanish. I never did flashcards for fucking anything until I learned about these cognitive biases after I had already graduated high school. And I just fucking read them every day. I put them in my notes on my phone. And anytime I wanted to think, okay, what was that cognitive bias, you know? And it's obviously been a few years since I've reviewed them because I forgot a couple of them. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're any less important. Um, so I hope this was useful. Um, if you watched all the way through this, thank you. <laughs> and uh, peace out. A-Town. Doo-doo.